The Lord be with you. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We welcome you all to this morning's service as we gather around God's holy word and receive the gift of his very body and blood in the Holy Communion. A few announcements for this morning. Fall Sunday School and Bible class will continue today at 9.30 a.m. Please join us in the lounge for refreshments and the adults head off into the gym for a study entitled The St. Peter Option or to the fellowship hall for a new member class entitled Catechesis for Life. Sunday school children through fifth grade begin with an opening in the music room. Sixth through eighth graders meet in the school, fifth grade classroom, and the high school Bible class will meet in the school seventh grade classroom. Please join us in the study of God's holy word. The voters' assembly will meet this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. here in the sanctuary. This is a regularly scheduled meeting of our voters' assembly. Any member of Trinity 18 years or older may become a voting member at this meeting. This morning, we will also install the church council immediately after the sermon. So we invite the church council members to please come forward. And then also after church, we would invite the uh, church council to please assemble in front of the church uh, for a picture after the service. The best way to follow along is to place your bulletin in the back of your hymnal. The panel serves as a guide. Simply go to the page indicated. Uh, please note also it would be best if you would place your green sheet on page 186. So after I sing the, uh, the antiphon, the first verse, please join me in singing the rest of it. And then we will go to the Gloria Patri on page 186. That's it for our service announcements this morning. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Please kneel for confession and absolution. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death, of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. be to God on high. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, our refuge and strength, the author of all godliness, 
Hear the devout prayers of your church, especially in times of persecution, and grant that what we ask in faith we may obtain through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the 16th Sunday after Pentecost is from Genesis chapter 50. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Then he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. This is the word of the Lord. Epistles from Romans chapter 14. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let 
And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be the Lord both of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, and his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when the same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, a bean counter is typically someone who is involved in corporate financial decisions. Referring to someone as a bean counter, however, can be a way to belittle that person as someone who is especially reluctant to spend money that they think more about money than human beings. When it comes to forgiving the debt of sin, well, thank God that Jesus is no bean counter. Peter, on the other hand, reveals that he is the consummate bean counter as he seeks to put a limit on how often he should forgive someone when they sin against him. At first glance, however, it seems that Peter is quite generous, especially when considering that the rabbis of that day said that three times, three times, was the limit. Yet, like the rabbis, Peter was wrong in trying to put a number on forgiveness because God's forgiveness is never about numbers, ever. While counting is good, it's not bad to be an accountant, so if someone thinks that way, that's not what we're talking about here. While counting is good, and by the way, God can certainly count. He knows every single hair on each and every one of your heads. He knows the number. He can count. Well, he can count. When it comes to sins, well, counting isn't his thing. Unfortunately, it's our thing, though, isn't it? It's our thing, and that's the problem. It's been our old Adam default way of doing things since the fall of humanity. So even though God has forgiven the entire debt of our sin through the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we are still wired, aren't we, to keep track of what people have done to us. There's a number. There's a number on that ledger that transitions you from forgiving your brother who sins against you to demanding payback. There's one for all of us. Maybe it's different at any given time. For Peter, it was seven. Let's think about that for a moment. Let's say someone had talked behind his back four times. Whoa. One, two, three, four. Let's say there, by the way, that would be the Eighth Commandment. Let's say, uh, let's just say for the other three, they had been angry with him from time to time. That's seven. That's it. Done. Have any of you ever watched the show Seinfeld? 
Yes? No? Maybe? Yes? Well, for those of you who haven't, there was one particular one that I, I, I laugh at every time I think about it. It was, the guy was called the soup Nazi. And the way it worked was he was, his soup was the greatest, right? It was the best soup in town. But as people walked in front of him, they were very worried because if you just looked at him wrongly, he would say, no soup for you. Well, after seven times, if you sin against uh, Peter, no forgiveness for you. Well, how about the rabbis? Three. Let's just say that you looked at someone lustfully. Sixth commandment. Three times. With the internet today, think of that. With how awful that is, right? But just three times. There'll be no forgiveness for you. And how about in our culture today? What I find fascinating is they've turned it around. So, if you don't sin, I want you to think about this. If you don't sin by saying what is not true, but saying what we say, no forgiveness for you, even if you do it once. Corporate America, you don't say or call someone by their pronoun that they want to be called by, even though that's not the reality of who they are with regard to their gender, whether male or female. No job for you. This is where we are. This is where we are. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. You just confessed your sins at this altar. And it wasn't me forgiving your sins. I'm passive in this endeavor as your pastor. And when you forgive one another as God has forgiven you, as members of the priesthood of all believers, or when you forgive me, right? We're all passive in that. God's word is at work. Jesus is at work in forgiving sins. How many of you think you have sinned at least seven times to this morning? <laughs> I do. I think I have. <laughs> right? Remember, it's thought, it's word, it's deed. If we were the judges, if you make Peter the judge or the rabbi or the culture, no, no forgiveness for you. No forgiveness for you. But think about what that means, what God has done for you in Christ. Not just whatever sins you did this morning, but all of them. The whole lot of sins that you can't even number. There's just too many. You can't even keep track. There are sins you don't even know about. It's impossible for you to keep track of it all. God in Christ could. The one who knows every hair on your head knows the number. He could but he chooses not to. He's here not to count your sins, but to forgive them, to have mercy on you and to have mercy on me. And he calls us to do the same. We all have just received the enormity of the grace and the love and the forgiveness and mercy of God in Christ Jesus. 
Now, how can we hold things against each other? That's what Jesus is getting at today. And in the Lord's Supper, right? Think of the Lord's Supper. He bodies and bloods you together with Him so that He's with you, so that in Him you can forgive as God and Christ has forgiven Him. So when you come up here, do you have something against someone else? Do you realize that Jesus says, well, the measure you use will be used against you then? Don't do that. Just come up here and receive my love, my mercy, my strength, and my peace. And by the way, all of us, whether pastor, people, no matter who we might be, the only way we get out of this mess is by the mercy and love of God in Jesus Christ. What I think is really fascinating about this text and what I'm thankful for is did you, did, you, did you catch that God doesn't leave the settling of accounts to us? He does it. He does it. The one whose name means God saves. He's come to save, to have mercy. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, settles the accounts because for God, it's not about the money. It's not about your sins, it's about mercy. It's about forgiving those sins. Now think about how this plays out in all of the scriptures. I'll give you the most familiar familiar story you can think of, the prodigal son, or I think it should be called the prodigal father. Prodigal means extremely generous. Do you remember that the young son, the, he asked for the total inheritance from the father, and the, what, what's bizarre in that parable is the father gives it to him, all of what the father has, has earned. And remember that prodigal goes up and blows it all away, blows it, spends all of the money, um, he had all of this money, and he, he blows it all, right? And when he comes back, do you remember how the father was waiting for him? And remember the, that prodigal comes back thinking that he could, you know, work it off. My father will let me be a servant so I can pay it off maybe, right? He's a good man. He'll let me pay it off. No, no, the father had nothing to say about the money he had blown, he runs out to him, throws the robe around him, puts on the family, this is my son, whom I love. Let's throw a party. For this son of mine who is lost is found, who is dead is alive again. God is no bean counter. Our Father in heaven is no bean counter. Do you remember the old, older son in that reading, in that parable of Jesus? He was a bean counter. He was keeping track of all of the things he had done and all the things his brother had not done and done that was wrong. And remember that he won't go in and celebrate with the others who had received such gracious mercy, who, who got to feast on the finest of foods. He won't go in because that, that son of yours is there the brother says. And do you remember what the father says? He says, don't you know? 
don't you know, son, that everything that belongs to me is yours? It's yours. And you can't begin to count how much I have to give you. This applies to us. God is here not to count all your sins. He's here to forgive them all in Jesus Christ. Now, by the numbers, the debt of our sin is impossible for us to pay. You should know that one talent would be equal to 20 years of work. If you do the math, that means that this guy who says or thinks he can pay it off, right, thinks he can earn it back for the, for the, uh, the master in the parable, that would mean it would take him 200,000 years to pay it. 200,000 years of work if he just paid everything that he owed, just focused on that. Total and utterly impossible, right? It's impossible to do by the numbers. And remember what Jesus said about salvation for us? He said this, with man, this is impossible, but all things are possible with God. And he's made it possible through the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, who now comes not to count our sins, but to forgive them. Likewise, when it comes to forgiving others, instead of leaving it to us, our Lord calls us to tap into his forgiveness when dealing with others, to forgive as he has forgiven you. Fascinatingly, when this guy receives this great forgiveness in our parable, he goes to a guy who owes him 100 denarii. One denarii, one day's work. It would take this guy 100 days to pay it off. It was an entirely an entirely doable thing to give him more time so he could pay it off. But really, if he had known and, and truly trusted in the grace and mercy of God, he would have written that off too. But he chokes him. He chokes him and wants his money because he's a bean counter, a bean counter still. And so what happens in the parable? The measure he used will be used against him. Don't do that. Look to Jesus. Don't live by faith in yourself and trying to uh, do it by the numbers. The numbers are not in your favor. It's impossible for you to save yourself or for me to save myself. Live by faith in the, in the God who loves you to death, even death on a cross. Live by faith in the one who washes you clean, who says about your sins, as far as the east is from the west, so far are your sins. I remember your sins no more. And let his word, as you believe, believing is, receiving, as you receive this forgiveness, let it, let it overflow. Let your cup overflow in forgiveness of others as God in Christ has forgiven you. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, is not here to keep a tally of your sins. He is here to forgive them, all of them, and he does. The Apostle Paul reminds us, quote, that God in Christ comes to reconcile the world to himself, not to count people's sins against them. So when it comes to forgiving the debt of sin. Thank God that Jesus is no bean counter. And the people say, Amen.
Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You may be seated with the church council. Please come forward to be installed into office for 2023 24. Beloved in the Lord, Holy Scripture admonishes us that all things should be done decently and in order. To that end, the Constitution and bylaws of this congregation establish various offices to which men and women are elected and appointed to serve. In so doing, the Church follows the examples of the early Christian Church as described in Acts chapter 6. The Twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up the preaching of the Word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, who will appoint to this duty. But we will be devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. The Apostle Peter writes in his first epistle, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You have been elected to serve as members of the Church Council. You have been chosen to fill specific offices and positions of responsibility at Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church. You are to work with the pastors that our life together in Christ may be orderly and pleasing in his sight. You are to see that the services of God's houses are held at the proper times, that the word of God is purely preached and taught according to the Lutheran confessions, that the sacraments are administered according to his institution, that provision is made for the Christian instruction of young and old, and that the erring are admonished and that discipline is maintained. You are to see that the temporal affairs of this congregation are properly administered and that proper support is provided for the workers of this congregation. You are to assist in caring for the poor and the sick, in cultivating harmony among the members, in promoting the general welfare of this congregation, and in furthering the kingdom of Christ here and throughout the world. While holiness of life and obedience to Christ are expected of all members of the congregation, it is especially important that you as office bearers in his church show yourselves by word and example to be faithful to him in service and Christian devotion. In the presence of God in this congregation, I therefore ask you, do you accept the office entrusted to you, and do you promise faithfully to carry out your duties, trusting in the Lord and conforming yourself to his word in accordance with the faith of the Evangelical Lutheran Church? If so, then answer, I do. I do. Beloved of the Lord, you have heard the promises of faithfulness spoken by these men and women whom you have selected to serve as officers of Trinity Evangelical Church. Do you promise to support them in their work, to remember them in your prayers, and to work with them in the best of the abilities that God has given you, so that he may be glorified and his work be done in our midst? If so, then answer, we do. 
Brothers and sisters in Christ, I install you as officers of Trinity Evangelical Church in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Almighty and most merciful God, enlighten and strengthen you in your offices, that you may be good and faithful stewards to the glory of his name and the good of his people. Amen. Please stand for prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks that you have raised up these servants for work among you. We humbly implore you to grant them by your Holy Spirit the gifts needed for the faithful carrying out of their tasks, most especially wisdom, strength, and willing hearts. Let your blessing rest on this congregation. Strengthen the faith, quicken the love, and enkindle the zeal of its members, that your name may be glorified here and in all places under heaven. The kingdom of your Son be advanced. We remember with thanksgiving those who have faithfully served your people and have now completed their time of service. We pray that at the end of days we will all be your faithful people and may hear the voice of Christ saying, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Go in the name of the Lord. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. Thank you for your service. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, in your mercy, you have forgiven our insurmountable debt of sin, ransoming us with the death of your Son. Free us from our grudges and unforgiving nature, lest through our lack of mercy we exclude ourselves from your forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, as you kept Joseph from evil and brought good from his suffering in Egypt, deliver us up by your grace that we may learn patience in trials. Teach us to be slow to judge, quick to forgive, and steadfast in love for you and for one another. Lord, in your mercy. Caring Father, visit the homes of your people. Keep them from all harm and danger. Grant that we would dwell together in peace under the protection of your holy angels. We also thank you this day at the 23rd wedding anniversary of David and Christina Arada, and for Trinity teacher Lois Atherton, who teaches fifth grade and music classes in our school. Lord, in your mercy. God of power and might, sustain the nations of the earth and lead them in the way of justice and truth. Defend life and liberty and give us honest and faithful rulers that our nation may strive toward what is honorable, true, and just. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, according to your will, grant healing to the sick and the infirm, especially Chad, who will have open heart surgery this week. Julia Eisner, hospitalized due to complications with her pregnancy. Eldon Ron, recovering after an accident. Jeff Klosterman, who fell and broke his arm and undergoing tests. Paulette, who is critically ill. Carla and Charles, undergoing medical tests. Brad, awaiting a kidney transplant. Bart, for continued management of illness. For Emmy, Tim, Benjamin, Bernadette, Sue, Jennifer, Sharon, Doris, Timothy, Ronald, John, and Mary, all in treatment for cancer. For Char Piepenberg, who is in hospice care, and Dorothy also, who is in hospice care. For the family of Debbie Ron, who we remember today. Grant them healing, comfort, and peace 
and patience to endure their suffering and crown their days with your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful God, though we come to your table as servants who owe a debt we cannot, we cannot pay, your Son has forgiven its entirety. As we receive his very body and blood for our forgiveness, let us be grateful and go out to serve others with the same spirit of forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Heavenly Father, for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. As we gather together the offering, we invite you to fill out the friendship register.
the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you in saying, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks to Almighty God that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.